Hey guys, this is Joey Ryan with Pool Player Podcast. Welcome to the first ever Pool Player Podcast One Pocket Power Rankings. Kind of had this idea and I said, you know what? Uh, I see it in football and I think it's kind of cool. You go through and you look at the rankings of the different teams. So why not rank the top one pocket players in the country, uh, actually the world? And so instead of just me creating the rankings, I said, well, let's get together a really good team uh, and then we'll kind of take the averages and I'll explain the methodology in a minute. But I just want to introduce you to uh, the three folks that join me on the panel. We have Mike Davis, uh, pro pool player out of North Carolina. We have Oscar Dominguez, pro pool player out of California and room owner. And we have Melina Mike, pool insider, and he's in Texas. So between the four of us, we have all four uh, time zones covered. <laughs> and so uh, you know, the hope is that we would be spread across the country and have a pretty good idea of people all throughout the United States. So what we did is we took a spreadsheet and we just ranked, uh, without seeing each other's spreadsheet, we just ranked who we thought were like the top 18 uh, one pocket players. And from that, we were able to come up with a list of the top 15 players. And, you know, since the lists weren't exactly the same, there's about six honorable mentions that popped up. So what I wanted to do is kind of run through each of the players and we'll chatter about them a little bit here and there. And we'll kind of see what you guys think. And if you like it, hit the like button, share it and make sure to subscribe. And uh, so let's just go ahead and jump right in. So in the honorable mention category, we have Oscar Dominguez. You heard of that guy? <laughs> what <Ooh. a> bum. <laughs> so I, I think, uh, Malina, you gave Oscar a little bit of a hard time for putting himself in the honorable mention category, didn't you? I did, yeah. I mean, how can, how can you not? Uh, it was you did. I haven't seen Oscar play a ton of one pocket. Um, was it early this year whenever he played John? I, I know what stream, but um, or was it last year? Uh, that was this year, and I played him last year. I played him. I played John a couple of times. Yeah, uh, I played him and then four times total. We and then we just saw you go and play uh, Mika, which was pretty interesting. Um, I'm not. I'm not quite sure where you would throw Mika of all players into that list, but uh, yeah, Oscar can move a little bit, you know, and he can go and run out. So. But he can see, he, he can serve a, a damn good beer too. So, <laughs> hey Oscar, I was pretty impressed. You tied Mika and Knots in that match, so I, I think you do deserve to be in. Did man? Well, I mean, he he, he lacks experience in moving aspect, and um, <clears throat> I honestly felt really uncomfortable pocketing because I hadn't been playing much. Um, so I kind of just knitted him up the whole time, just just made life miserable for him. Um, eventually some of my banks started falling and some of the shots that were shooting that were cutting the balls to get it close were going in. You know, I play okay sometimes, you know, but um, I felt like, uh, you know, there's there's so many great players out there just to, you know, I've lost to a lot of them. And, you know, I've donated to many of them. I think I've earned, you know, like a top 25 in there. Well, <laughs> Congratulations on making the list. So, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. you did real well to outmove a guy. If your pocketing is off and you outmove him that bad and still beat him, then you know what you're doing. Well, sometimes. All right. Um, but Mika was always going to go and fire at everything, though. You know, like that yeah. was it, it. Had to have been the game plan. You know, you're not going to go and and run more balls in the guy because the guy's such a strong straight pull player. You know, yeah. so 
uh, you had a game plan and it worked out because after a while, it seemed like the second day he was trying to like trying to play more one pocket at the beginning, and then that whole game plan just went out the fucking door, and he was like, "Oh, a bank? All right, let's go and do that one, even though I'm gonna sell out three, you know." So, um, but it was a fun match. <clears throat> yeah. So checking in at the next honorable mention spot, we have uh, Double J Jeremy Jones. I'll, I'll start here. I, I think he's uh, the best commentator in the world. I, I'm always buying the streams more so to watch Jeremy's commentary than the actual match itself because you can learn so much more than just the one shot. So that, you know, I got a ton of respect for Jeremy. His moving is, is as good as just about anybody. So, for sure. yeah, so that's why he's got to at least be up there, you know, in, in that top 20 still, maybe top 15, depending who, you know, who's writing it. But he doesn't shoot quite as straight as he maybe did at one time or as some of the young guys. But, yeah, the knowledge is there. Yeah, and he's actually no, – you hit, Oh, sorry, Mike. You hit, it, you hit it on the head, Mike. And I think Jeremy just got like – I think it was like three or four in the Buffaloes tournament um, last year. And I think, you know, we all know how strong of a tournament and how strong of a field that is every year. I think he was like one of the second lowest in the Calcutta. But he's kind of got like this, like, worn Kiamko. I'm just going to go and, like, grind every single ball, and I'm just going to chip away at you, like, one, two at a time. Like you said, he's not going to go and, and outshoot you, but he's a mover, and he's got nothing but time, you know, and those games for, for Jeremy can go and, and, and uh, uh, grind on you, but um, he can get there, man. Yeah. I had him a little bit higher than, than, than some of you guys did, I think. Yeah, I uh... – I I want to go on a limb here and say uh, one of the people I modeled my my one pocket approach was Jeremy Jones and I know I'm probably on a shit list right now because I bet on Team USA or excuse me Team Europe <laughs> team. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to butter him up because I'll be honest I don't give a damn what anyone thinks um, but um, he he knows the game better than most. Um, I'm talking like top five, in my opinion, in the world in terms wow. of knowledge. Um, yeah. His execution, obviously, he's not 26 anymore, um, and you know he, he puts a little bit too much baby powder sometimes and, and sweats, <laughs> and you know, and, you know, you know, I get it. Um, he's not as active as he used to be, so his execution is going to suffer. But when it comes to pure knowledge and moving and decision making. I feel he's top five in the world, but his execution's not there. Yeah. Yeah. So this next guy is someone that I didn't rank because, frankly, I don't know too much about him, uh, but it's Jason Jaybird Brown. So, Mike, I, I think you know him. He's kind of from your area. You want to start us off there? Yeah. Uh, he's he's from, I believe, South Carolina originally, maybe North Carolina, but uh, – he he was already a really good player when he was young, and then he met he went to Texas, and I think ended up hanging out watching Jeremy play specifically. I'm sure a lot of other guys, but when he came back from Houston, he was just you know robbed everybody around here, and uh, he barely plays pool now, but he came out and won the uh, North Carolina State One Pocket Championship last year. His own friends wouldn't buy him in the auction. They said he hadn't hit a ball in eight months. I buy him in the auction. Or, you know, he went pretty cheap after not playing, and his own friends wouldn't bid on him. And he ends up beating uh, Tony Chohan and then double dips Josh Roberts after That's not wrong. hitting the ball for eight months. I mean, he moves like a ghost, so it's really, really impressive. 
And then I don't know if he's played any pool again since then because I haven't seen the guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's just probably, a working guy. Yeah, he's, he's probably one of great. he's probably one of those guys that would not want to be on this list. Is that pretty safe to say? Probably not. He he never really played a major event that I know of until he was about forty years old. He was a good player since he was a teenager, but he actually came out in the first major event that I ever heard of him playing. When they did uh, at the Super Billiard Expo, they did a big one-pocket tournament that year. He beat Corey Duell in the finals. So your first time coming off the stall and playing at a pro event, go ahead and snap Corey Duell off, snap off the whole tournament. And then, you know, like I said, he, he, he might barely play pool for who knows how long. But uh, he's, he's very capable. Yeah, when I met Jason in Vegas, um, he asked me for a spot. And I'm like, have a wonderful day. Um, <laughs> you heard about him for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, of course, I, I see him move. I see the way he, I see the way he strikes the ball. Uh, I mean, obviously, he doesn't have the big flashy game of Tony Chilheim. He's going to move sixteen balls towards your side in, in one shot. No, he's going <laughs> to he's going to nip tuck you and, and make you foul on purpose and get you in the negatives and, and really grind you out. Um, and he's a straight shooter. Um, but obviously not as straight as the elite players, but nobody is. Yeah. Well, let's go to the next one. Uh, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with this guy, Oscar, uh, John Schmidt. He actually, two mm -hmm. of us didn't rank him, and two of us did have him in the honorable mention. Actually, I think it was you, Oscar, that had him ranked number 13. So you had him ranked the mm -hmm. highest. Um, the reason why I ranked him so high is because uh, – He's his own worst enemy, you know, and John, John's not active, and for good reason. I don't blame him. I'm not too active myself. Um, if he's motivated, he's dangerous, mm. and that's why I felt like he earned his – he's earned enough accolades in one pocket to, to still be up there because in two, two or three months, I think he'll hit a gear again and start playing really well. Um, he – he does a lot of things well. Um, obviously, running the balls probably as good as anybody. Um, probably, if there is a weakness to him, if if it is, um, it's like the long tester shots, you know, where you're 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 down table and you got to fire a ball in, uh, just because again he's not active, so his shot making is going to decline a little bit. Um, I mean, I just I've played him. Like I said, I've played him four times, high-stakes pool. Uh, and uh, I played over my head, and I won a few, but uh, he he outplays me. And uh, I think he outplays a lot of people, but he just misses balls. Is he a good guy to gamble with? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, never a problem. Yeah, seems like it. Anybody else on John? With that knowledge of straight pool, yeah, with with that knowledge of straight pool and being able to manipulate the rack and and be creative and combos that go along with straight pool, I'd imagine he'd be he'd be pretty solid in one pocket. You just don't see him too often out playing any kind of one pocket events or, or anything like that. Mike, you know John pretty well too. From he spent some time back east too. Yeah, I mean, I've hung out with him at a bunch of tournaments. Uh... I actually bet with him when he played Richie Rich in one pocket in Florida, and uh, he wanted some money that particular time, but then he lost to Richie at the Derby, and 
he's been trying to get Richie to play again ever since. He's like begging Richie to for a rematch, and I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, they got a little rivalry to him. But yeah, he can he can play. It's just like Oscar said, he's just not very active anymore, and that's why I didn't rank him. I don't think uh, as high as Oscar did, whatever. But you know, if he was to play pool again every day for a few months, then absolutely I'd rank him pretty high. But since he's not like even though he's got all the knowledge in the world. You have to be in competition, you know. It, it's just tough to, to get up and, and play with the top guys when you're not really competing very often. Yeah. So let's talk about a guy who is competing pretty often, but maybe not so much one pocket, but still plays the game really well, Sky Woodward. Uh, what do you guys think? Molina, start us off with Sky. What do you think about his one pocket game? We all had him ranked right about on the edge of the top 15. I, I think he's underrated. Um, obviously, he's known more for rotation and bar box and, you know, n uh, uh, nine ball. Um, but a year ago, like the sky from a year ago, because, I mean, 2020 has been nuts. But sky from a year ago, I mean, he pockets balls well. He banks the balls, you know, what, top five in the world, you know, easily. Um the kid's dangerous. You just don't really see him going and and play too much. Uh, I've never seen him go and, and gamble a, a big one pocket match myself. So, um, but I know he, he did snap off a tournament somewhere in the Midwest. I think it was last year, uh, and they had a, a a pretty decent field. So he's more than capable. Um, and I mean, he's young and he shoots straight, man. I mean, you know, he's got a lot of tools. Yeah. I mean, I don't have really any experience with Sky playing one pocket. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to say. I probably, I mean, he lives out in, the, in Kentucky. I mean, Brumback and, you know, Brian Gregg in Indianapolis. I mean, he's going to learn the game. I mean, it's not rocket science. The kid shoots straight. Bank's amazing. And uh, if he learns a couple moves here and there, I mean, it's, I don't see how he can't play very well. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. this this next one's kind of interesting because, Three of us did not rank him, and I think it's it's when I saw it, I said to I myself, "Yeah, I said to myself, I think I forgot about this guy." Uh, but Molina did not forget about him. Molina Mike picked him actually at number eight, and but he checked in just outside of the top fifteen. And this is the last honorable mention is Josh Filler. So Molina, why'd you rank him so high? Well, I mean, look, it's no question how sick the kid goes and and hits the ball. Obviously, he's not going to go and out move you. You know, uh, we've only really gone and seen him play uh, Tony right earlier this year, um, and I think that it was kind of one of those deals where if Tony had just not been Tony as much and kind of moved more, as opposed to like being so exciting, it would have been a different outcome, at least in my opinion. But the kid just banks so good, man, and he can run eight from anywhere. His cue ball is sick. I mean, it, it's it's gross sometimes, you know. Um, I had forgotten about him too, so it, it wasn't until after I was looking over my list again and then I snapped and I said, well, shit, I, I got Tony at, you know, up there in the top five, and meanwhile, Filler goes and beats him. But I'm sure there's a ton of guys who are great movers who are, are chomping at the bits to go and, and play the kid one pocket because they're, they're just going to go and, and uh, uh, turn the screws on him. Um, yeah, that was... I slept on that one. Um, <laughs> that kid, that kid should have made like 
I, I think they made a big mistake having to play Tony. The kid could have won three, four hundred thousand dollars before playing Tony. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought that was the dumbest move in the history of pool. Um, <laughs> I would have lost ten just myself. I mean, I would have gone off on the kid. I, I, I whatever. I mean, but my opinion. Um, the kid just—he's just so gross when it comes to shot making. He's not human. Um, I gambled with the kid when he was like 17 uh, in Qatar, um, and I was like, "This guy's stupid." I mean, it's, there's no way anyone shoots this straight. And then, uh, but you know, I remember talking to Johan a um, long time ago before Moscone before all this crap happened, and I talked to another guy, Ralph Eckert, out there, and they were telling me how how incredibly talented this 18-year-old kid is, and, I mean, the kid's a sponge. Uh, he's dedicated his life to the sport, and if he's going to play any Q sport, I mean, the kid's just going to learn it, and he's going to execute it well. Yeah, I heard that Mike Davis wants to try him some. <laughs> yeah, I want to try. I don't know if I can beat his wife. <laughs> she shoots the ball pretty good. She knocked me out of a, a tournament, actually, like one of the isolation ghost tournaments. Uh, it was. They said it was the first time she ever beat the 10-ball ghost. I'm like, of course, her first time happens to be to knock me out of the tournament. Like, so, so uh, that's whenever you're running good. Well, uh, yeah, she plays really well, too, but... Uh, yeah, he's he's incredible, and like you said, Oscar, like he could have won three, four hundred thousand. There's no telling. I mean, if the guy, uh, you know, if the guy was actually capable of beating somebody like Tony, there had to be about forty or fifty people below him that would have played. And I would have played with some small spot, but after seeing him beat Tony, I want a huge spot now. I mean, you know, right. he just he definitely uh, he threw a bunch of money away to win that one five thousand dollar set or whatever it was. Yeah, but they they played at Roy's and it's four and a half inch pockets. Do you think that factored into it? I mean, is he really supposed to beat Tony? It has to, right? Yeah, it, it made it easier. No, but Tony, but Tony was up though. You know, I I just Tony just wanted to get too flashy at the end, you know, and be that exciting Tony. I think, and but from what I had heard, the the plan was originally for the kid to go and play Warren. Uh, this is after Vegas, and I heard they had just played in Vegas, and they were playing. Um, they were playing by the game, and something like the kid was up like five or seven games or something, and then by the end of it, they're even. So Warren goes back to the East Coast, um, and then of course he he came out uh, positive for COVID, and that's the reason why. And then Tony, to his credit, because Tony plays everybody, you know, uh, Tony stepped up and played him. But you you guys are probably right; it was probably the the dumb move, but. I think that if they were to go and play again, shit, I might go and bet on Tony. Tony's hitting them pretty, yeah, pretty sporty, you know, and and he's and, and he would know a lot better now what not to go and do. I mean, obviously, you don't want to leave that kid shit, but it was just sometimes Tony was just being too much of Tony, Yeah, you know? You got to so, squeeze a kid. You just got to squeeze yeah. him until he can't breathe for six mm -hmm. hours and see how straight yeah. he shoots after that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, yeah Tony would him more this time that was the problem tony didn't respect himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah for sure all right so that's the six honorable mention players and i'm having so much fun already i can't even wait to get to this top 15 so coming in at number 15 this guy was ranked by two of us and unranked by two of us i'm not going to tell you who but his name is justin bergman who wants to start 
Mike. I'll defer to you guys. No, I'll defer to you. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> um, he's probably going to be the hardest player to play out of the top 25. Um, you know, he's ultra methodical, ultra slow. Um, he he takes so much care of that cue ball that it's you're never going to see anything you like. I mean, he's going to walk around the table 15 times to make sure wherever he leaves that cue ball, you're not going to like it. And it's hard to play a guy like that. You know, the guy who puts so much energy into this into the game, um, plays fantastic, uh, moves above average. Um, there's still that's probably his Achilles heel. But anybody who puts a cue ball where they want, they're going to figure it out. Um, I don't like playing him. I'll put it that way. I don't <laughs> like playing him anything. He he's, he's, he brings out the worst in me. Um, Is it because of his pace? His pace, yeah. I just don't. Yep. I don't enjoy playing him uh, because he is that him, or is that like is that part of his his? Uh, oh, he, he hyper focuses. His move. No, no, it's not a move. He just yeah. hyper focuses. There's nothing. Justin doesn't pull moves. Um, I've played Justin quite a few times. I think like five times in my life, um, and uh, he he's always been a gentleman, a class act kid. He's a good kid. That's all. That that's what I've heard about him. Nothing but good things. But I'm, I'm from the outside looking in. I'm, I'm, I've, I've always been curious to go and and wonder that. Yeah, his his pace can be a little brutal sometimes. I saw him go and play a little bit at Derby, uh, one pocket. I mean, it was granted it was a tournament, so I mean it was a race of three. I think he was playing Omar Al Shaheen, uh, and that match went on for, I mean, forever, man. His pace is a little is a little brutal, but his cue ball is just so gross. I mean, it's it's incredible what that kid can go and do with the cue ball. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not surprised seeing him up there. I just, you know, I ain't seen him go and play a whole lot. Uh, Mike, what what experience do you, do you got with, with with Justin, if any? Uh, well, I mean, I, I watched him win the tournament, and I think it was Galveston, Texas, is where it was. He did win a professional one pocket tournament. And that was one, like, he had kind of dropped off the map, like, barely played pool for a little while. And some people were like, man, I never even heard of this kid. I was like, no, don't worry. Like, he's been a great player since he was 15. I mean, nine ball, I think he said he ran seven racks in a row in a tournament at 15. And, uh, like, you know, like Oscar, like, you know, Molina, you just said, he puts the cue ball where he wants. I just think his execution level is so high. So maybe it's not, like, on fillers level shot making, but it's on, like, a world-class Close. level. Yeah. He doesn't miss much, and he puts the cue ball, like, really on a dime, probably better than any American player, in my opinion. So he has to be a great player. And even if his shot selection is a little bit off, all the top Filipinos, when they first start playing any game, like I've seen him play straight pool, one pocket, eight ball, whatever, and, and have no clue, but kind of play amazing anyway, because whatever they decide to do, they just execute at that highest level possible. So that's where Bergman's at. His moving is good, but not phenomenal. But it doesn't matter because he's going to put the cue ball exactly where he decides to do it. And he's just going to beat a ton of people based on his execution. Yeah, to that point, Mike, you uh, I think you pointed out after you had submitted your list that you saw, was, was it you and I talking about Carlo Beato? Yeah, yeah, because I had seen Carlo, uh, I think it was he got third in, uh, in like the U.S. Open one pocket or whatever it was several years back. But I really feel like if he was to come over and play more, he has to be in the top 15. Same thing based on execution primarily. 
But as far as learning the game, I feel like I don't think I ever seen anybody learn the game quicker than Carlo Beato did. I mean, I heard that Efren picked it up, you know, super quick. Obviously, he's a genius, like best player ever. But it seemed like Beato was picking things up really, really quickly. Yeah. All right. So Justin Bergman, number 15. Now, number 14, Danny Smith. What you got, Mike Davis? Well, I mean, we've all seen Danny Smith in some huge action matches, like tons of big ones. Uh, one that sticks out is when he beat uh, Chip Compton seven ahead in like 47 minutes or something like that. I mean, who wins a seven ahead one pocket in under an hour? But he That's did. Gross. It, you know? so, yeah, when when he's on, I mean, he was banking balls off of balls, kick banking balls in. It was just, you know, the most creative shots you could come up with. Only he was executing everything just about perfect. So, how long ago was that, Mike? Here, uh, that's been I don't know. I'm guess three, four years, something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oscar, you ever? Played I agree Danny? with you. Danny and I have played uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. Me, <laughs> um, uh, I owe him a lot. <laughs> I mean, I uh, he helped me. You know, he, he's got me. He gave me some great action. Um, probably the most memorable one I, I played him was uh, we played 11 ahead, and I gave him the eight ball playing 10 ball uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. And he beat me 12 to 1. He beat me 11 ahead wow. in about an hour and wow. 15 minutes. Wow. Um, it was qu quite remarkable the gear he hit. Um, he probably would have beaten anybody at that given time. I think I made like two balls a whole set. And it was like. The eight and the ten on one game, and I just I didn't get to shoot. The kid was just playing perfect. And then I remember playing him before that trip was over, and he was already tired. Um, and I ended up getting him for some lunch money, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he he's he's very hot or cold. When he's hot, there's there's he's a level above almost anybody. I mean, he's or cooler level. Um, but when he's cold, he's, he's kind of cold. <laughs> um, and I, I've, I've always admired Danny. Um, I think Danny, uh, is probably the best action in America in terms of, uh, getting stake horses and, and betting his own. I, I never saw anybody who showed more heart for the cash than him. Um, no matter what you did, no matter what game he was in, he was putting his heart and soul into it. And he's, uh, he has my respect. Uh, what about you, Melina? Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes back to what they're saying. I mean, um, you just don't know which Danny's going to go and show up. You know, the last time I remember seeing Danny play, we talk about it in a headset, you know, I think he beat uh, Scott one game and then got ran over like nine in a row. Uh, I, don't, I think it was last year. Yeah, it was right out and that thing was over. Yeah. yeah, that thing was over Was over pretty quick. The um, And I, I had heard they played some in Louisiana before then. Um, that went back and forth, but yeah, I mean, you just don't know which Danny's going to go and show up. I mean, when when he's on, the game of one pocket's better, um, and but you just yeah, you just never know. You know, now I got a lot of respect for you guys because most pool players don't go and critique each other or like go and you know, and you guys are still being respectful, but like most guys when I ask them something about a player they're like yeah I'd rather I'd rather not <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll be honest yeah this yeah. has gone on YouTube uh, baby I... 
Mike and I's our, our boat sailed a while back, so we're, we're we have nothing to hide. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about it anymore. I, I don't even go to tournaments enough to see these guys, so if they if they're mad at me, I won't see them for a while. Don't forget about it. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get over it. Who gets mad at you two? You got to be the two nicest guys in pool. Come on. <laughs> I mean. All right. Yeah, I think Tony Robles, uh, he quit, so now it's me and Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Tony's My nice, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's Danny Smith checking in at number 14. So we're down to number 13, and we have Josh Roberts. Mike Davis, kick us off. Uh, Josh is another one, uh, kind of like Danny, I feel like, where that he's got a real high gear because he banks balls, runs balls really, really well when he's on. And a very good mover, obviously, but, uh, you know, he's a touch inconsistent, too. So that's why I think he didn't get a little bit higher ranking. But, I mean, he's won a couple of big one-pocket tournaments, beat all the top players. But he's just like a hair below the absolute champions. But, yeah, great player. Yeah, I, think you, I think you nailed him, Mike. Yeah, you, I'll about to say you, you see Josh in the morning at a tournament, he's just there hitting him over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. For sure, Oscar. Yeah, I mean, again, like I'll just reiterate what Mike said. Um, moves unbelievable. Banks great. Pocketing, you know, above average, but, you know, world class, but not the elite world class. And that bites you in the ass when you're playing guys who just run eight and out from, you know, from up table. I mean, it's kind of sick. Um, but uh, Josh is a fantastic player and does everything well. I tell you one thing I was really impressed with. We had a big uh, Scott hosted a big tournament out here at Freezers, and I don't know. Did you come down for that Oscar? I don't remember. Yeah, I did, but yeah. I, it was it was a bad trip for me. I, I left right away. Okay, um, that uh, Josh was here for that, and he got in a booth and he commentated. And, you know, I thought his one pocket commentating was just spot on. Mm -hmm. I mean, he yeah. did a Phenomenal great job. Commentator. Yeah, he did a great job of explaining every shot. He didn't take breaks and, you know, kind of doze off or anything. I mean, everything was on point and so much knowledge. I remember watching, you know, I love Jeremy too, and I get tons of knowledge from him. But so much knowledge Josh was able to, just in one match that I watched online, you know, it was just, it was a pleasure to watch and, and listen to him. I'll tell you, I, I want to give a little background to, to part of why maybe Josh plays quite this well. So where he grew up at and learned to play, that's where uh, Grady Matthews was living at before he passed away. And so Josh played out of Grady Matthews pool room. Shannon Dalton is from that area. Scott Rabin is from that area. You know, Scott was uh, one of the original commentators for pool action TV. That's very knowledgeable. Yeah. And he helped uh, Josh a lot. So he's got those guys. I mean, that's like three great players to learn from. Brian White's a uh, top amateur, like a very good one-pocket player as well. So you know, Josh is better now. But, I mean, not a whole lot that Brian White can really play too. So when you got four great players to learn from right there in the same little area, it's almost hard not to become a good player if you put the time in. Yeah, yeah for sure. I've, I've gotten him a few times in Calcutta's at the, at the Texas Open, man. And they'll be – It'll be 8.30 in the morning, and he'll be over there just hitting balls, you know, and the deeper he goes, whenever he's waiting, he's if he's not in the booth with Ray, he's on the side table just hitting balls, hitting balls, hitting balls, yeah. and that's all, that's all that guy does, man. <clears throat> all right, so number 13 was Josh Roberts. So on to number 12, Shane Van Boning. 
this one was interesting because one of us didn't rank him. One of us ranked him really high, like number six, and then a couple of us ranked him around number 10. So uh, who wants to start? Well, he don't play one pocket, right? I think I ranked, I probably ranked him higher than you guys did, I'm sure. But you just don't see Shane play one pocket, at least lately, at all, you know? Um, I know he's he's gone public and said that he hates he hates the goddamn game, you know, and that it's boring. Um, but whenever he's on, man, you know, he shoots straight. Yeah, yeah he hates um, the game, but won the Derby. I mean, <laughs> twice. He must not Same hate him too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Shane just just pockets everything. Um, he shoots a lot of uh, unique shots that probably are untraditional, but. There's no arguing his execution. Um, he's, I've played him several times one pocket, and uh, he's beat me every time. But I mean, I'm not. I don't consider myself a great one pocket player, but I just feel like uh, even. Yeah, yeah, in the tournaments. No. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I just. Uh, it's hard to play a guy who doesn't miss much. That's, that's basically the point I'm trying to get across. It's it's. Yeah. <laughs> You know, normal people you can leave down table and leave them long and straight in. Shane will just slow roll a ball and just make it and bank your ball out and just do crazy shit like that. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you don't want to challenge him and force him to shoot because he's no. making it. No, yeah. you know. Well, and I think it's one of those things we've seen him do so much on a pool table that it's like any game that he were to dedicate himself to, he'd probably end up being very good at. Right, so if he spent yeah. the time playing one pocket that he did play in ten ball, yeah, we're we're probably talking about him in the top three or four, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's about how interested he's in on it because I mean, when I saw him in Texas and I had him in the Calcutta, uh, I think he went like top four, I think, you know, and I remember the last time he played one pocket, but then he went up against Dennis and he looked, you know, awful. I mean, just awful, but. Whenever he's engaged and he's uh, uh, wanting to go and play, and, and uh, he's he's just so dangerous and has so many tools av available to him uh, that he he's real excited to, to to watch. And like you said, he would be he would be higher if he played a lot more. Yeah, yeah, he's probably really only interested in one pocket when it's the Derby, and he thinks he's going to yeah. get that twenty thousand dollar all around if he wins one pocket, or at least even gets close, you know what I mean? Because he can win the nine ball. So yeah. that's when he's interested in one pocket. Maybe that might be the only time of the year that he is. Yeah. Is it a different – does it take a different player? Like how how does one pocket go and affect y'all's rotation game? Like if you just – if you're just focusing on, on one pocket for like six months? Um, the break, really, because you don't work yeah. on breaking the balls. That's probably my number one thing. But honestly, like I – lived in Vegas and I played a lot of one pocket for a little bit for like six months it didn't affect me at all I mean I transitioned from rotation to one pocket back and forth immediately that's Mike. impressive actually I think uh, lower level players in particular maybe it's their mechanics aren't quite as good or whatever but because if you play too much one pocket most players start to lose their shot making not just their break like Oscar was saying but they really you know they're scared to shoot long balls they just can't you know execute as well but probably, you know, the champions, guys with the, the best uh, technique probably can get over it better. I think, like, and I mean, I, I know we're going to get to him at some point, but just bringing up the point about the break, Dennis, last year, whenever he played Shane, he had been playing a ton of one pocket, 
and hadn't been playing a whole lot of rotation and goes into that match with Shane and his break completely failed him. You know, I think that was the whole reason why he lost to Shane in the, in the fashion in which that, that, that match went. You know, that, that break is huge, and that's why I was curious as to uh, what you guys think because y'all have been there before. Yeah, but you know? I ne whenever I got ready for a one-pocket match, I never played one-pocket. I shoot straight shots. I pocket balls. I work on banking. Yeah. I, I work on my 10-ball break. I run out 10-ball, then, you know, run a couple balls in one pocket. So it was like a dynamic practice. You know, it wasn't just like button balls or practicing button balls. I practice running. So, like, a lot of – some of these guys who are known for more of being – one pocket players only. A lot of them you don't see, you know, on an elite level when it comes to rotation, like the Chip Comptons of the world or Danny Smith or Justin Hall. You know, I mean, it's, of course you got your Alex and Dennis who are who are alien, you know. But I don't. It's hard for me to go. I mean, and, and Tony, because I think Tony's a really good rotation player. Yeah. Um, but it, it's tough, and Josh as well for that matter. Um, but it's tough to go and have guys that are dual threat. You know, at least from what I've seen. I don't know. Well, the thing is, a lot of people go to one pocket because they can't. They're not successful in rotation. Exhibit A. What do you, like, like the break or just running ball well, or, or the thing is, whatever? I'll, I'll never win a 10-ball tournament with Dennis and Shane and and uh, a lot of other top players. I just don't win it. I never made money winning playing 10-ball tournaments. But I can play a guy one pocket who breaks way better than me, and I can grind him down and I can outsmart him. Um, yeah. You know, that's why the tendency goes to one pocket because we're not successful in rotation. I mean, 99% of tournaments are rotation tournaments. Um, but there's there's too many variables, and, and, and the variance of winning is too big in rotation tournaments. Um, it's like. It's a lot more controlled in one pocket is what you're saying. Yeah, it's right? hard to shit right. out in a one pocket tournament. I mean, if you win a one pocket tournament with like all the top players, you did something pretty, pretty special. Playing a nine ball bar table tournament, you know, my mom might catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not pulling up sets too easily in one pocket. It's just even a race to three, you think, oh, it's only a couple games. Like I might be able to pull an upset on whoever. But really, like, if you're not a damn good player, you're not pulling upsets on anybody in one pocket. Yeah. It's just not the way it goes. It's a lot the, cream, the, the, the cream tends to go and rise to, to the top Yeah, absolutely. In, in one pocket, for sure. Absolutely. How hard is it to go and stay engaged, like, when you're playing, like, you know, 12 hours, 18 hours? I think that what depends what the bet is. <laughs> what was your question, Mike? I said, how, how hard is it to go and stay engaged? I like that answer, Mike. <laughs> yeah. You play cheap. I mean, you're going to get bored quick, you know. But yeah, if the money's yeah. there, you're gonna you're gonna keep focused and try hard. Okay, so Shane Van Boning at number twelve. So now we're on to number eleven, and I think there's a little uh, hometown bias here. I rank this guy pretty high, and uh, but I'm surprised he fell all the way to number eleven. It's Scott Frost. So uh, I'll start off. You know, I think. You know, Scott obviously hasn't been playing over the last four or so years since the open freezers. And I think that's one of the reasons that he is down at number 11. But, you know, I I was pretty encouraged by watching him play uh, Tony Choham. I thought, you know, he seemed like he was pretty much back to being the old Scott. Uh, you know, the, the match, uh, first of all, he jumped out and played incredible on day one. He was up 10 to 4, I believe. And day two kind of fell apart a little bit. Tony played great. 
And at the end of day two, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Melina, but I think it was 20 to 14 at the end, of, or 20 to 17. Tony came back to <clears throat> Tony came back take the lead at 12, 12, 11, I think, after being down 10, 10, 3, 10, 4. Yeah, um, 2014. Yeah, no, Scott played good, though. Yeah, and then, well, yeah. day three was where I was really impressed, right? Because he had every reason to pack it up after day two. I haven't been playing. Here's an excuse, whatever. But, no, he fought back, and I want to say it was 27-27 at one point. And I was like, wow, this is anybody's yeah. match. And then Tony ended up getting those last three games. So, you know, I think he showed a lot in that match, which is why I ranked him higher than you guys did. Um, because I thought, hey, you know, with a little bit of play, he can be kind of kind of back up there. Um, but yeah. share your thoughts. Mike? Uh, well, like you said, a little bit of play, he could be back up there. But I just don't think he's got the motivation to do it anymore. You know, like he's already proven himself. He was basically the best player in the country, possibly in the world for a little while. And, you know, after you've had that and now he's he's just moved on, he's opened a business, he's just got other priorities. So it's not that he couldn't get it back, but I don't expect him to, so I couldn't rank him too high. Molina? Yeah, I mean, um, it was definitely, if, if, if you like Scott and, uh, uh, you know, you want to see him back in the sport, that match with Tony was definitely um, refreshing and, and – um, gave you motivation i guess but um yeah i don't know man that that first day it was all scott and then you know he took those haymakers starting day two and maybe tony was done messing around but he had tony frustrated at times and i i consider tony i know we're going to get to him but i consider tony um up there in in one pocket so um to go and obviously with that much uh, uh with with that much knowledge of the game and that much experience, um, yeah, it's it's a matter of getting them engaged, getting them on the table. You know, you, you can't just stick around Arizona, you know, beating up on locals and think that you're still going to be up there at that elite level. You got to go and travel. You yeah, got to go and play and play the big players. Hey, he's getting <laughs> in the box with me. Yeah, he's been getting in the box with me, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, just the – if someone, if somebody knows what Scott's going through, it's me because I bought a business just like he did, and you know, uh, I'm on the same boat. It's hard to build a motivation. So, like, you know, as a pool player, we have goals. You know, you want to become the best pool player in the world, the best you can be, and you work towards it to attaining a goal. When you become a business owner, um, your goals change. So, for my my goal is to have the best pool hall in the world. That's my goal right now. Um, I have dreams and visions of having like the best players in the world come in, action all the time. You know, that's my vision. Um, Scott's pretty similar. You know, he's got the nightclub scene feel to, to freezers. You know, he wants to have the bottle service and all that. He's got his vision. Um, it's hard to get the motivation to get up and play. Plain and simple. It's, you know, as a professional pool player, the working man was always a sucker. You know, we always thought, oh, fuck, I'm never going to work for a living because they're suckers. I go out there and I, I make 2000 I make $5,000 in a night. There's something to be said about the working man. It's a very honorable thing. Uh, it's it's hard to, you know, easy money comes and goes with 
cool, but in business, it's steady, solid income, especially in Scott's place. Scott's got a sweet joint. I mean, I have an idea of how much he makes a year, and it's a hell of a lot more than he'll ever make playing pool consistently. Um, me in business, a hell of a lot more than I'll ever make playing pool. Um, and it's it's lucrative. It's, that's why we play pools, to make money and survive. And when you can find another outlet, there's no motivation there. So that's why I feel that Scott's ranking might have slipped, um, because psychologically, his energy's not there. Um, but again, my personal favorite player to watch right now in the world. There's nobody more fun or more educational, in my opinion, than Scott and Tony for me. Yeah, Y'all like, are competitors, though, man. You know, I mean, granted, you're not you, you, turn you, it off. yeah, you can't, right? Because that, that, that's in you, right? But the thing is, we use our competitive nature to something else. Um, you know, Fair some enough. people play poker. You know, like uh, yeah. Nick Showman didn't play pool, so he started playing poker. Um, I'm competitive in my business. I want to put yeah. all the other guys out of business. Well, not really, but I want to succeed in my business. Right. Um, so it's one of those weird things that you, you channel that competitive spirit into something else. Yeah. Well, something to be said about the working man, because I think it was back in like 2004, there was this working man who went up to Mike Davis and said, hey, do you think I play good enough pool to become a professional pool player? And Mike Davis told this guy, do you like getting a paycheck every two weeks? And the guy said, yes. And Mike said, do you like having health insurance? And the guy said, yes. And uh, he said, stick with working. You got some talent, but stick yeah. with working. And that guy was me. So thank you, Mike. I, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do Save his life, Mike. I do appreciate it. Saved his life. No, really. Um, it's a hard life. You know, yeah. Mike, uh, Davis, and I have experienced it. We've played before. I mean, it's a brutal lifestyle. You know, someone comes home eating like a prince. The other one eats fucking Subway. It's kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah, not to mention the ego or the ego hit that we take when we lose. I mean, that's yeah, the losses sting a lot more than the wins satisfy you. The, the losses just loom and yeah. eat you alive. All right, so Scott Frost checking in at number 11. So number 10, we have Billy Thorpe. I'm a big Billy Thorpe fan. Uh, I played him down at the Texas Open, and, you know, just a cool guy, a lot of fun. And so he checks in at number 10. Uh, our ranking, we all had him about around there, you know, and so I'm curious to hear you guys uh, kind of toss this one around. What do you say, Molina? Yeah, I mean, in in a year where there really hadn't been anything, you know, Billy won Derby, you know, so he's uh, he's a Moscone Cup player. The kid's real exciting to go and watch. Uh, he's made for TV. Um the way he banks the balls, he moves. He moves really well. You know, sometimes he kind of, he kind of just thinks he can go and make everything. And sometimes his decision making can be a little bit off. Sometimes, you know, but his knowledge of the game is, you know, solid. I'm, I'm a big Billy Thorpe fan. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he, he's a fantastic player. Great ambassador for the game. He's got a lot of heart. Uh, likes to bet his own. You know. Um, Somebody we didn't go and mention, and, and I don't think he's on our list, but is Efren, you know, and he played Efren not too long ago on that thing with oh that, Ray, that Ray and them did. I don't know how the hell we forgot about Efren, but... Oh, my God. What, um, what is wrong with us? Well, he's retired. Yeah, right? We're terrible. He's we should just cancel. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Cancel. But, and, I, 
and yeah, I think Efren actually Efren actually won that one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Efren um, beat him. Yeah. He did beat him. Yeah, he did. I think it was a year or two ago. Oh my god! But I mean, you know, <clears throat> there's no 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 doubt that his his you know his game has gone <laughs> has gone down with this site, you know. Um, but yeah, man, Billy, I don't know, man. He's just he's great. I I'll watch whatever Billy's doing, man, when it comes to pool because he's just a phenomenal player player, uh, and just super exciting to go and watch. Um. Ditto. I mean, on heart, um, Billy's a very avid three cushion player. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know that, and I think three cushion helps in in one pocket. At least it helped me in one pocket. Um, I play a little three cushion sometimes, and um, it's uh, he he just probably the only thing that he might do incorrectly is he goes for some crazy bang sometimes. Yeah, and. He's so confident in his banks that he sometimes shoots a low percentage, even though he knows he's supposed to make it. Sometimes it bites him in the ass. Um, but I mean, what a what a fantastic player! A lot of fun. I, I enjoy watching Billy play. Um, it's hard not to be a Billy fan. Yeah, I think. I agree. Yeah, I actually really like that style of going for those banks. Generally, if you're a great banker. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the differences between the old school players. They used to, you know, kind of coach like, oh, you don't go for anything unless it's like 90% or better. But in the long run, if you're playing Tony Chohan, you know, Josh Roberts, anybody, if they're going to bank at balls and beat you, you got to bank at balls and beat them too. You know, I yeah. mean, you can't just sit around and duck and duck and duck and think you're going to outmove these top players to death. Sometimes that bank is the best shot you're ever going to get. And Billy's not scared to shoot at it, so I really like that about it. Yeah, he ain't afraid to put the heat on your ass. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Coming in at number nine, we have Evan Lunda. He's kind Oscar, of Oscar. What, what What do you think about Evan's game? Evan, I, I like Evan. Uh, I really do. Um, you know, he's a Detroit player. He he knows how to squeeze you, but he's very very aggressive in his play. Um. He's like a like a hybrid player. You, know, you don't really know. He, he kind of looks like he's falling asleep. He's disinterested, but then he comes out and grinds you down into the floor. So, again, he's one of those guys that it all depends how interested he is in you. You know, in in the game. I mean, if the bet's high enough, um, I like Evans' game. I really do. But he doesn't shoot as straight as some of the other top players. Um, so that he gets kind of gets pushed to the side, you know, because he doesn't shoot as straight. Um, but damn, that boy moves good. He moves like, you know, he plays with the brothers in Detroit. You know, I was out there in Detroit, you know, the old guys that play banks and, and only one pocket. They don't even know how to rack nine ball. Um, <laughs> he knows the old school moves and he grinds the way they do. Um, very talented banker. Um, you know, he's got that big wide open stroke. So when he's yeah. flowing, it's, it's a thing of beauty to watch him play. What say you, yeah. Mike? Uh, well, I, I really like, like you said, his moving, I think, is fantastic. But there's certain banks that I think Evan might be the best in the world at. I don't know. Like, he impressed me with some, like, not the, like, warp speed bank pool style. You know, Billy Thorpe can just hammer banks in 100 miles an hour or whatever. But there's certain little ones where you have to twist it a, a specific way or put just the right English and hold it where it's so close to a double kiss. I thought it was impossible, and he made it on me. I mean... 
you know, there's just a whole bunch of little banks that I think he's fantastic at, just as good as anybody in the world. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I have to say that out of the entire list of people that we have, Evan Lunda is the only one that I beat out of money. So (laughs) in 2010, he came through Jacksonville, and uh, if we were, it was a Tuesday night tournament or something, and after the tournament, he wants to play some. And uh, I didn't know who he was. And so we played, I think we played like a race to three for 100 or something. And I beat him. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure he didn't play his, his game or whatever. But, yeah, that's the only person on this entire list that I won money from. So, <laughs> And I'm not playing him again. <laughs> All right. So Evan Lunda checking in at number nine. Number eight is actually a tie for number seven. And so uh, number seven the first number seven is Corey Dole. So I know you guys have, Mike and Oscar, you guys have probably played quite a bit against Corey. So what are your thoughts on that one? I've played Corey tons and tons and everybody knows his creativity is like off the charts. I mean, he was the one that invented the, the soft break that basically ruined nine ball for us. Uh, so, you know, that was, <laughs> and thanks for, for Corey for explaining that to him. He actually made a point to tell him you ruined nine ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, he pretty much did anyway. He he just sees the game differently. I don't know, you know, where where he gets it from, but he sees things different than anybody else does. So he's going to come up with shots that are unique that no one could commentate and and guess what he was going to do. Once in a while, they don't work out though. So that you know, he he sees some shots that are just off the wall, and they're not all winners. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, when he's when he's playing well, he's playing just as good as anybody. I mean, he's been a you know he's been a champion since the '90s and like early '90s probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know what else to add to that. I mean, I think Corey's kind of like a savant in some ways, um, but I think uh, what's the word? I think he's he's not street smart, but he's got. I mean, he's pretty. <laughs> he's got something in his head that just. Almost like a like an Asperger's type of thing, you know, where he's brilliant. It's almost to an advantage. It's a huge advantage, I think. I think it's his mind works very fast, and he sees a lot of things that most people don't. Um, now, sometimes the balls there's a lot of moving parts, and sometimes it doesn't work out. But for him to have that imagination and that creativity, it's he's got an advantage over every pole player he plays in that aspect. Um, and you know, Mike said it. You know, he's he's always an an innovator. Um, I, I saw a video of him playing Shannon Dalton on YouTube not too long ago of him breaking hard, and <laughs> it's freaking crazy, and it worked. Um, but anyways, um, Corey, what a great what a great talent. That was a great video, Oscar. I want to say that Grady uh, Grady Matthews was commentating, and they're just like yeah. dumbfounded, like "What is he doing?" <laughs> you know? yeah. And it was working out for him. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy. Yeah, anything to add? I think Corey should be higher up. Yeah, I think Corey should be higher up. In my opinion, I think it's crazy to go and have him as number seven. I think, for my money, last year, anyway. I mean, he looked he looked terrible during Moscone. And maybe, if anything, that's something we can chalk up to maybe why he's down, even though that's nine ball. But just in general, he didn't look good at all um, out there. But, like, before this year, I think Corey's, like, top four. I mean, I, I'd, put him, I'd put him right after that, you know, 
uh, Dennis and Alex for my money. You know, I think he's got that kind of execution, that kind of creativity. I don't consider Corey like a great banker, but he moves so well, man. And he just sees shit that don't nobody else see. Um, yeah, man. I just I'm I'm a big Corey fan when it comes to one pocket. I'm I'm kind of surprised to go and see them, see him uh, as far down on this list as we have. But um, yeah, I wouldn't sleep on him, man. If it, it, I just yeah, I'm I'm curious to see who's who's coming up next on the list because I want to see who's better than than Corey is because for my money, I think he should be higher. Yeah, and you know, part of why, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this now, there's, even though 2020 has been nuts with COVID, there is a, a small body of work in the last few months, right? We had the tournament yeah. in Illinois, we had the tournament in Texas, the Texas Open, you know, and there's been some gambling matches. So I I thought that now was a good enough time. He looked, he looked bad in Texas too. Yeah. Yeah, he and, looked bad at the Open too. Yeah. But I, you know, I thought. But like, it's 2020, so I mean, yeah. yeah. Now we we at least have a little something to work with, you know, with the last part of 2020 that we could go out and we could do this, and then maybe do it again in a couple months, and hopefully have some more data to kind of, you know, see who's up and down and where people are moving. But Corey Duell tied for number seven. So to answer your question, Melina, uh, this person's not ahead of him. He's actually tied with him at number seven, Justin right, Hall. Let's hear it. Justin Hall. Well, I I think that's interesting. I you know what Justin's gonna show up. That's what I wanna know. You know, um Justin at Derby last year looked pretty great. Uh his head was on his shoulders, it seemed like, whenever he was playing the tournament. Um and Justin banks so good, man, you know. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, for my money what Justin's gonna go and show up? You know what I mean. You should take Romero. Like... You didn't make that game happen. <laughs> hey, you know what? It was funny because so so after Corey does his bullshit like Moscone uh, post, right? That everyone's got to go and do congratulatory to Europe and all that bullshit. And then Justin goes and says, "Hey, let's play a set." And Corey, to his credit, you know, said, uh, uh, "Was like, hey, buddy, you got to go and get in line." You know, like everybody wanted to go and and play Corey after that. Um, but no, I mean, I think that's a really good matchup, actually. And I, for my money, I'd I'd, I'd go and take Corey. I mean, if I he's Corey, if he's in if he's in gear, I'm I'm taking Corey. And it's yeah, no disrespect Corey. to Justin at all, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah Justin, um, I played junior nationals with Justin. So sweat this, guys. Check out my junior nationals class: <laughs> Bo Runnigan, Joey Gray, um, Shane McMahon, uh, Bergman. Hall, wow. Silver Ochoa when he was playing before he got like sixteen kids. Um, <laughs> you're one myself, to talk, Oscar. Mike Banks. I know, right? You're starting to Mike pop Banks, them out pretty Jr. quick. <laughs> I mean, we had an amazing class of of players, and Justin was one of the prodigies. I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. I was like seventeen years old. I was playing pool for like three months. And Justin Hall was playing Tyler Strong. Tyler Strong was an amazing talent. May he rest in peace. Uh, but they were playing like a thousand a game at like 15 years old. Um, That's true. And it was just insane for me. Like I was playing twenty dollars sets, and I thought I was a baller, <laughs> and I didn't know any better. But they were playing a thousand a game, and it 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 stuck. It's something that stuck in my mind. You know, it was it was very impressionable at 17. Of course, who is it? But I saw Justin play, and he 
Yes. It was just a raw talent. Just made everything. Just real skinny kid and just a great athlete. I don't know if you guys knew that he was a track star when he was younger before he got to yeah. the beer belly. Um, you wouldn't know it now. <laughs> you wouldn't know it, yeah, but he, yeah. Was, he was a phenomenal athlete. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a big Justin Hall fan. I, I, I like the way he plays the game. Um, when he played Moscone that one year, I thought he was a terrible pick. Turned out to be probably the best pick at that time. I think he played amazing for Moscone Cup, and he never played again, which is weird. But, but yeah, he was the best American on the team that year. Oh, it certainly oh by far. And, and he earned his way by getting fifth in the U.S. Open right before that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even have the break figured out at all. Like, no, he no. just got up and broke from the box and hammered him. He didn't even try to do a, a cut break like everybody else was doing. He just yeah. hit the balls hard and it's just whatever. But after that, he played <laughs> phenomenal, like, after the break. So, I mean, he's capable of playing nine ball at that top level. It seems like he's he's one of the best bankers in the world. For and, sure. uh I was one of the ones that probably ranked Justin higher than any, any of you guys. but And maybe it's like you said, hometown bias with Scott. But I've seen Justin play great. And I'm really – I think he's a better mover than all the other guys. Like, uh, you know, Scott Frost knows more. Maybe Tony, you know, maybe. But Tony Tony doesn't uh, always move better because he doesn't choose to. Justin shoots the right yeah. shot. Justin will squeeze when you're supposed to squeeze. Yeah. He'll bank when you're supposed to bank. Like, he shoots the right shots, like, every time. That, that's why I rated him very high. You know what, Mike? You, you hit it right on the head. You know, a lot of one-pocket players are one-dimensional. They go, you know, they, they just go, 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 or they play tight. They don't have that variance in their in their game. Justin's one of those few players out there that can squeeze or play aggressive Yeah. Um, and do both very well. And he banks so good, he can put pressure on you from so many different places. Yeah. You know? Very yeah. true. Yeah. All right, Justin Hall, number seven. So that takes us to number six, and this guy's actually in action right now. It's Chip Compton. I'll let y'all go first. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've played Chip uh, once in my life, and that was when you know he had a dry spell. You know He had a lot of personal stuff that happened in his life, so um, his game wasn't where it was. I think Chip's life is, is going the right direction right now, and he's he's... He's got things going for him, and, and he's a great kid. I, I, I'm a big Chip, Chip Compton fan. Um, he's bet, he bets his own, plays hard. Um, you know, he's a Jeremy Jones student. You know, he's from that era. He's in that little circle, Jeremy Jones, Joey Gray, and, and you know, the whole Oklahoma City crew. It's it's There's a lot of good players out there. Um, James Walden. Great player, probably an inspiration to him. Um, Dave Matlock, another probably guy he probably learned a lot from. Um, so, you know, Chip and Joey, they go like peanut butter and jelly. And I, again, <laughs> he was in the junior national crew with me too. Um, what a what a great talent! I mean, uh, he just does everything well. Yeah, I'll tell you, Mike. Yeah, maybe not the best at any one thing. He's a great banker, not the best banker. He's a great shot maker, not the absolute best. He's a great mover. But because he's so good at everything, it, it gives him just a very, very strong all-around game because he doesn't really have a particular particular weakness. You know, he's just very good all around. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head, Mike, as far as just being, being good in a lot of different categories, and that combined makes him what he is. And I haven't always been a Chip Compton fan. Uh, I bet against him a lot whenever he's – playing someone, uh, 
But, yeah, man, he's <clears> – <throat> the one thing I like about Chip's game is that he's always in it. I don't give a shit if it's, you know, seven, negative five. He's still in that game, and he's still grinding. He's still trying. If, if there's someone from, from behind that I want going for me, I mean, maybe besides a, a Billy because Billy's got a lot of heart, but it's or Chip, Dennis. man. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, but Dennis is in the, you know, whole other <laughs> – yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. man, it's Chip, though, just because he just – he. He can just grind, you know, and uh, uh, you know, like when he's gambling, he don't like playing three foul, and and I like that man. He's just he'll he'll stretch out a game as long as it takes to go and 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 win it, you know. I hate that part, but you're right. He's not. He yeah. doesn't care if it takes three, four hours. He'll he'll go to negative eight on you, you know. Yeah. I mean, like if they're not playing three foul, and he's gonna he's gonna keep trying and keep trying. So you're right about that but for sure. But it's one of those like, and also like to what you were saying is that he, he like about Justin, he's got a, um, he can go and adapt real well. He can play a few different styles of, of one pocket for me. I don't think he pockets the ball extremely well. If 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 I'm gonna go and and knock his game any at all, but he's kind of got like an unorthodox uh, pre-shot routine. You know, maybe not the best mechanics. Um, but damn, that grind in a man, that grind for the cash is strong with Chip for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so Chip Compton checking in at number six, and that brings us to number five, which is kind of interesting. It's Roberto Gomez. They're actually playing right now while we're recording this, and Chip actually beat Roberto uh, not too long ago. But then, as I mentioned before, there's been a body of work. Dominated him. Yeah. Dominated him. I just beat him. Yeah, but there's been a body of work, and in that body of work was the Texas Open. And in the Texas Open... Roberto Gomez beat uh, Alex, Tony Chohan, and Dennis Ercolo to win that tournament. I mean, you beat those three back oh, to back man. to back. Talk to me, Mike. Tony dogged it. Don't go. Don't go. Oh. Tony dogged his fucking brains out. You, uh, okay? And I and I had Roberto, and I'm a Tony fan. But Tony had a straight in nine ball to go and and send Roberto's ass home, and he dogged it. But you know, he he stuck with it to his credit. Um, I don't know how you guys have him ranked this high. I like Roberto. Uh, he's a funny guy. He's kind of like always got a smile on his face, always joking around. Um, obviously his game has improved a lot over the last like 18, 24 months, you know, by mile. I, I, I think he played Josh Roberts a couple of years ago and was ahead and then lost. I think today he probably beats Josh. Um, I mean, you bring up the Texas Open, but man, I don't know. I mean, it, and it's kind of it's kind of odd because we talked about this earlier. Like the cream rises to the top when it comes to one pocket, right? And it was a race to five, so you would think like the better player supposed to go and win. But it was kind of goofy because when he played Alex, um, Alex had three really unorthodox scratches that were pretty brutal, you know, to go and and beat Alex. Tony Dog and I, I think it was just like the perfect storm. Of shit happening for Roberto going win, and I won some money on Roberto, so I'm glad all that shit about, happened. I, I was about to say Calcutta. I was about to say. Meanwhile, you got the guy in the yeah. Calcutta and walked out of there with thousands. <laughs> so yeah. you, you knew a little more than your. That aside, on. though, yeah, I just I, I don't know, man. I just for my money, I I don't know if I can put him ahead of Chip. I don't know that I can go and put him ahead of of Justin. You, you know? just bet on you just bet on him over. 
What me me and you you suckered me into it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was just fucking with you. <clears throat> no, I mean it's 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 tough for I me. Mean, he 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 ran over uh, Roberto whenever they played last, you know, and yeah. that was just that was in August, you know, he, so it he, wasn't like it was a year ago. Yeah, but Roberto's Filipino. In, in my mind, it's that simple. The Filipinos, they just start off with such a high <laughs> skill set, really. Yeah. They're, you know, like their their skill set is on a different level than most of the top Americans, and once they figure things out, they're going to be better players. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Like, look at Arcula when he first started playing. I'm telling you, like straight pull, one pocket, anything, clueless, but was already like in the top ten or twenty in the world instantly. Like you just tell him the rules, and then within <laughs> two years, he's he's in like the top. You two just or tell three. the rules. <laughs> Seriously, you just tell How strong is that? Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, the guy had no clue what a key ball was in straight pool, and he's going to go and run like 90 his first attempt ever in his life. You know what I mean? Like that's that's, that's just how he played, getting going three rails on the on the uh, you know to get position on the break shot playing straight pool, and clueless about one pocket, instantly in the top 10 in the world. It's just it's just the skill sets on a different level, and Roberto's not uh, you know on Herculo's level. But he's just on a higher level than pretty much all the top Americans, execution-wise. And that's why I feel like it, it was a no-brainer that he was going to get to a high level, top five, you know, at least top seven. Mm-hmm. But I think I agree five. with you. He's got that gear for sure. He's got that, that upside. I'm not going to argue that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I probably overranked him a little bit now that, that I really think about it. But, I mean, it's hard to... I mean, this guy moved to Houston. Um, it's a lot of one pocket there. Yeah. And true. he learned. It's kind of like at this point where he's learning faster than he can assimilate it. If that makes sense, he's got information overload. So, if you notice how slow he plays, um, I think it's analysis paralysis. Like, he works too hard to see the shot. If that makes sense, the shot's not coming naturally to him. So if you notice, like, Scott Frost and all the top Dennis, Dennis takes forever, though. He's, he's an exception. But you see Scott and Tony, um, even Jeremy Jones, who's methodical, they see the shot quick. Yeah. Because Tony, they're especially used to Tony's, yeah. Yeah, Tony's yeah, they're, like they're, they're on it. <laughs> and, yeah, Tony yeah, and Scott I, see the shot in, like, one second. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and Roberto's exhausting his energy, you know, thinking and thinking and thinking. So I think he, he, he's, you know, wearing himself out. Um that was the only thing I was a little weary about betting, but I figured race to eight per day. How long could it last? But obviously, here we are. There's they've been playing forever. But um, <laughs> I think uh, with a little bit more time, it's uh, he's going to become he's going to earn his top five ranking. I agree with I see I agree with that right there. I think with time he's going to go and get there. I just don't know if if I were to go and put Robert, I just. I don't think he banks the ball exceptionally well. I don't consider him like an elite mover. And I agree with what you said, Oscar, like him being in Houston now. And not only that, but having like Dennis and Alex in your ear a lot too, because the Filipinos, they, you know, a lot of credit to them because Americans don't always do that, is that that they'll help each other out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. I Roberto's a great guy. He's, ex- he's exciting to go and watch and, when he and he's kind of got this goofy ass stroke to him too, but like whenever he gets it, like when he when he executes, he he's fun to go and watch, you know, because he 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 can do some creative stuff. I really like the guy. Uh, I don't I don't even know him, 
but I passed him at the Texas Open walking through the parking lot and the guy's like, hey man, how's it going? And I was like, wow, what a cool guy, you know? So I'm, yeah. I'm pulling for him. So maybe I overranked him a little bit because he said hi to me. I don't know. So <laughs> let me charge my phone, guys. One second. You're such a groupie, Joey. <laughs> Uh, you're, just, you're just mad i'm not your groupie anymore yeah that's right all right so at number five we had roberto gomez at number four tony chohan what do you guys think about that is that the right spot i think so for sure i think that that's where that's where tony uh belongs in the grand scheme of things in in professional one pocket you know and the tony's i gotta give tony a lot of credit because he's got a lot of balls to go and play the Filipinos the way he does. He's one of the only ones that'll go and step up and go and play Dennis, that'll go and play Alex, that'll go and play Bustamante, that'll go and play Roberto. He don't, it ain't, it, he, he'll go and play the Filipinos. That's why I like Tony. He's super creative, um, real aggressive style to him, maybe to a fault, like whenever he played filler. Um, but man, he's just exciting to go and watch. And But it's when Tony's engaged, like when Tony is engaged and when the bet's right and all that shit because tony can go and check out you know um but man whenever he's on he's exciting to watch man i'm a big tony fan yeah the bet's got to be right for him that's for sure like because he, he doesn't yeah. stay engaged like it's uh it's yeah. like the worst case of add i've ever seen in my life the guy can be playing for five ten thousand and just lose track it's of, true. you know, he's just not interested. I'm like, how can yeah. he not be interested for $10,000? It's gross, right? I mean, it, it is pretty sick, but it happens to that guy. Uh, I'll tell you, a, a credit to him, though, the, the offensive style, he actually has got people that have no interest in one pocket whatsoever and brought them into the game because they see Tony's creativity and how, you know, he's just playing His ball, highlight ball, reel. balls and whatever. Yeah, high, highlight yeah. reel, exactly. So all kinds of people have come into one pocket now and become fans because of Tony and how well he plays and, and how well he plays that particular style. So I know I'm a big fan. I'm the same way. I can't, I can't stand watching one pocket if it's that, you know, Nick Varner wedge style stuff. Like, but when it's Tony playing, you know, something's going to happen exciting. So one way or the other. Yeah. 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 Oscar, what about you, Oscar? You're out there in California. You know, Tony real well. Yeah. Tony actually, um, He's from Sacramento, believe it or not. Um, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Tony's uh, cousin, uh, Mark Hang, lives in Sacramento. So, you know, I, I see Tony quite often. Um, like, he just played the roofer not too long ago, um, a local gambler here, and they were playing pretty high, pretty pretty solid bets, you know, 2,000 a game type stuff. Um, but anyways, uh, Tony's uh, – I get to see Tony quite a bit, and it's, uh, it's always a pleasure – Complete gentleman, um, no bullshit. You know, a real nice guy. And uh, again, who he just wants to gamble? He loves to gamble. That's that's yeah. his thing. He loves to gamble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you guys mentioned it before. Sometimes he might check out. Cause uh, let's be realistic. Um, you know, Tony just he needs the rush. If it's not the rush isn't there, if the stakes aren't high enough the risk of falling is not good enough. You know what I mean? He, he needs to feel that. that he, needs, he needs to make him tick. That's why you see him play tournaments, and he doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. yeah. The, way he, mm -hmm. the way he approaches it in that. And the way he gambles, like, if you know Tony on a personal level, you know, for him to feel that, that's, he's a competitor. 
He needs to be competing, doing something. He needs to feel that rush. That's why he's always in action. That's why he, uh, he'll bet on the sports games. and He, he yeah. loves the rush, and he's addicted to the rush. And, you know, we all are in some way. It's just that Tony's a little bit, has a bigger bankroll than most. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you that I didn't know Tony at all until about two weeks ago. And I interviewed him for the podcast, and that's coming out in a couple of weeks. And uh, just interacting with him, kind of going back and forth. He took the, the interview on two days' notice. Jason Romero hooked it up for me. It was right after, you remember my, uh, Melina, when he played uh, Justin Hall in that uh, pretty quick. <laughs> pretty Robbed quick. him. Yeah. Robbed him. Yeah. And, uh, Did you watch Oscar? No, I, I heard about it. Yeah. yeah. Robbed him. And, well, Romero had shared it, yeah. Yeah, and oh, I, that's right, the private thing. I said mm -hmm. to him, I said, I said to Jason, I said, hey, hook me up with uh, an interview with Tony. And he said, I'll see what I can do. That night, he messages me, and he says, Tony's in. Just send him a message. So I sent him a message. Two days later, we're on the, the Skype or the uh, Zoom, and we're doing an interview. And, you know, I was just so impressed with the way he handled himself. He was, you know, just a cool guy. And so, uh, you know, I, when these guys do that, I like to support what they're into. So look what arrived today. <laughs> oh, I, I, I reached out to him. I got a him. bunch of Tony shit around here somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, I reached out um, to him, and it, it, I have a shirt over here, too. And uh, just the messaging back and forth, I asked for like five different things, and he was out of stock on all five. And he was like, oh, sorry, man. Laugh out loud. You know, sorry. And just totally chill guy, you know. And so it was so much fun, you know, getting this today and knowing that his episode's coming out and supporting him. So, um, but yeah, we had him at number four. Um, you know, you can make a case, I think, for number three. Two of us, or one of us had him at number three, and uh, the rest of us had him at number four. And so the guy at number three, three of us had that guy, and one of us had Tony at number three. And that guy at number three <clears throat> is Francisco Bustamante. Yeah, I put How Francisco How at number three. How sick is it at that age to be executing and competing the way that that guy does? Come on now. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, he's my favorite player of all time. That guy's got my number more than anyone in the world. I can play dead perfect, and he'll play super perfect. Uh, I, I, he's like honestly like my pool hero in terms of uh, of rotation pool and all around pool. And I think that's why I ranked him number three. Not, I probably would have put him number two, but it's hard to go over the other two guys. Um, I mean, the guy does unbelievable, banks unbelievable runs up the balls, incredible. Uh, plays straight pull, world class. So he's very good at the caroms and the nip tuck aspects of it. Um, so where you think he's only going to run four balls, he runs seven or six. You know, he's he gets those extra balls that you don't anticipate. Um, breaks the balls well. Probably one of the best one pocket breakers in the world, in my opinion. Might be. He can lay that. He can lay it down. He lays that cue ball frozen on that long row every single time. If it's not frozen, it's this time. And he breaks. I, I don't see anyone breaking better than him. I think he's number one one pocket break in the world, in my opinion. Um, I think that's why Roberto breaks the way he does. Roberto breaks one pocket real well. Really I think good. he got that shit from Bustamante. Like Bustamante yeah. does. Mm -hmm. He yep. clips that thin, the head ball real thin, and it just spins out. Um, I mean, I can't. I. I'm a groupie when it comes to Bustamante. I'm a big, big fan. I think we all are. I'm a big fan, too. Yeah, I mean, the guy plays great. And like Oscar said, that getting those couple extra balls, I mean, 
you know, everybody's going to get it. You know, good players going to get the four or five when they're open, but trying to get underneath balls when they're up table and you have this tight little window and you got to get there, he's going to get there as good as just about anybody in the world. And he's going to get those like run, you know, six, seven, eight, instead of running three, four, five, whatever. I mean, he's playing, uh, you know, when these guys travel around and give decent amateurs like 13, four, 13, five, stuff like that. Bustamante is getting like 12 and 13 ball outs on these people and they're not bad players, but how do you win when the guy runs 13? I mean, you know, it's, it doesn't even make sense, but I think part of what makes him so spectacular is that he's still doing it at this point of his career, right? Cause he ain't supposed to be playing like this anymore. And he, and he just, I think one pocket is so, um, uh, it's, it's very, it's very precise, right? So, like, to have that cue ball the way that he does, to be able to bank the balls the way that he does, kick the way he does, moves away. I just – I'm a big Bustamani fan, and the way he still does it at this point of, of his career, um, I don't got anything negative to go and say about that guy's game at all. Every facet of him playing one pocket, uh, it's it's world class. And, I mean, when you get to this point of, of, uh, of the list, we're obviously just splitting hairs here, you know, but – yeah, Boosty just does so many things. Well, he he can get out of so many different places, and he can put you in some really, really tough spots. Yeah, I think it's a testament to his mental strength. When you're talking about his age, like most people decline with age, and there's just a lot of like mental battles you have to win. And as your skills start to deteriorate, those mental battles start to to win against you, basically. And you know, Bustamante's far past his prime. In all honesty but he's still just that mentally tough that he's getting up there and playing with everybody in the world. And if he's not beating them, he is right there with all the top players. I mean, if that doesn't show you the significance of, of say a 10 ball break, if that doesn't tell you how powerful the break is, how is it that Busamani, someone who's well in his late fifties still plays world-class and is still in the top three in the world in a discipline. It goes to show you where if you eliminate the break shot, after the break, this guy is almost unstoppable. Yeah. I think if he were to play 10-ball with Filler and Orkulo and all the top players in rotation, push out after the break, Usamani's right there, right with him. I agree with you. And, I mean, it's – it's um, yeah, no, you hit it right on the head, Oscar, whenever you go and say that. Because – and the one thing I like, he, he can do a shootout if he needs to. He can go and, and, and do the wedge, go down table if he needs to. He can – he can win so many different ways, and after, and like, like I said, after the break, uh, you would think like his pocketing would go down, but it, it, it really hadn't, you know, not at least not a whole lot, uh, uh, because he can still go and, and, and like Mike said, go and, and he's running 12, 13 balls at a time, you know, it's it's unbelievable. He's My a hat's off to him. When it comes down yeah, to <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt about it. All right, so that's number three, Francisco Bustamante. Checking in at number two, who do you guys think? It's Dennis Circulo. <laughs> so, so what do you guys think about Dennis? Well, this is going to be – okay, so this is going to be interesting because everyone knows what an alien Dennis is. So, like, obviously, it's like 1A and 1B, right? And I know we're not saying number one yet, but we know. Uh what, what's that difference? What's the difference? The moving is the difference. The moving, yes. Yeah. That's, that might get it. The moving is a difference. And that's the only difference. 
because the execution, Dennis is the best in the world in execution. His pocketing is is like filler, filler-esque, the way he goes and pockets balls. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the thing with is... With a better cue ball. <laughs> with a better cue ball. It's scary. I mean, I mean I, I, I've... Mike, you know I've gambled with, with Dennis quite a bit. And, and I had a stake horse. Um, he told me, flip the coin and play him another stake. Because it went hill-hill with the spot he gave me. And I straight told Nikki Shulman, I'm like, I'll play any mother, I'll play anybody on earth except that guy right now. I just, he's like, I'm never going to win, Nick. He's like, don't worry about it. Just play him. I'm like, I'm not. I quit. I quit a guy getting staked. I just didn't want to do it. I was like, I can't win. It's, it, there's no chance for me to beat this guy. I don't want to. I, I don't want to work that hard. Yeah. And I've never said that before about anybody. But Dennis is just on a whole different planet when it comes to execution, when it matters most. Um, you'll see him dog miss a ball here and there, but you'll never see him miss a ball when it really, really counts. For the cash, if my life is depending on it, he's fucking disgusting. I'm. I'm I, they yeah. say, Oscar, you're, you're on death row if. Dennis makes this jacked-up shot. Who who do you want to shoot this jacked-up shot? I'm like, Dennis. I'm going to die a happy man knowing I picked the right guy for the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to die. <laughs> you're going to live forever. <laughs> <I hope not. laughs> if Dennis is shooting, you're, gonna, you're immortal now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, there's really, who else would you want shooting with your life on the line? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when well, this was, is... Uh, this is why I asked all, like, all around bonus, right? You remember that he had to come with some crazy shot at the end to secure the all around bonus. I think he was playing uh, one of the European guys, whatever, and he shoots this, you know, like from the end rail spot shot and hits it like dead perfect to win the twenty thousand dollar bonus. I mean, stuff like that. You know, it's it, I, I'm I might whiff the whole ball like you're talking about that. Uh, you know that that other guy did for twenty thousand. <laughs> I'm probably gonna miss you, and you know. Just, but yeah, he, he just gemmed it. He just hit it dead perfect. So, is the moving that much better? Because for my money, and, and like you guys are saying, that pocketing is so it's and it's consistent. Dennis's pocketing is is consistent, um, top 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 tier. So is that moving so much? Is he that much no. more below? I don't think so. I mean, it's significant. It's got to be significant for him to be the better player when everybody agrees Dennis executes a little bit better. Then the moving has to be better, you know. Well, because I, I've always said one A and one B, right? But you guys are saying it's definitive. Dennis is number is number two. I think so, but I mean, it's it's not like Dennis can't win on any given day. It, it definitely yeah, is for sure. like you know, even in a long, long race. I mean, Dennis is gonna you know, challenge Alex and win some long sessions for sure. But the way, uh, you know, like the way Alex beat Tony compared to the I way I was trying not to say Tony, it. It, it was different. Alex made, I think Alex made Tony frustrated and beat him a different way. Mike Davis, oh, you that's ruined the, it. Yeah, because they can go and adapt their style so sick, man. You What's know? that? I said you, you ruined, ruined the it. number one. Surprise. You ruined the number one. We were trying to hold out. <laughs> you know? Sorry. Sorry. The, the cat now, had I mean, you it's, it's it. um <laughs> well you're gonna edit it anyway so <laughs> Dennis is on it, it, I I do think it's 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 those two guys and then everyone else and yeah when you when you said that Mike you're absolutely right though I mean the, the way that Dennis beats Tony is completely different than the way Alex beats Tony you hit it you hit a nail on the head I never even thought about it like that 
Um, I think they're gonna. I, I heard they're gonna play. I don't know how much on the table it's gonna go and be like you know, how legitimate, but yeah. I heard they're they're trying to go and make it happen for next year. I so. gave up two to one odds each day, not for the whole set. I gave up two to one odds for the race to ten each day. Wow. And, and, and with, I won, with Tony obviously. and Alex, with Tony and Alex. Yeah. I would have bet yeah. you. I would have yeah. lost some money there. Well, I mean, you yeah, would have taken the, you would have taken Tony to beat Alex. With two, two to, to one, one each day. Yeah. I was gambling. Well, I was definitely on the, gambling on the money, though. But not, you're not you're not saying yeah, five to ten money each day, yeah. though, Mike. Yeah. That's um, that's, yeah. that's pretty strong. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'll do it again, but I got away with it that time. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let know, me I mean, let me jump in because we're starting to talk about Alex, and so obviously Dennis Ercolo comes in at number two, <laughs> and number one on the power rankings is Alex Pagulian. So have at it, boys. I, I got to toot my own horn here. The only time I played Alex in my life was at Derby City, and I won. <laughs> and I dropped the mic. But no, I mean, I uh, what what makes Alex unique is that he's probably the most well-rounded player in the world. I mean, he's got the snooker background. He's got the straight pull, unbelievable straight pull player, um, unbelievable eight ball uh, caroms, uh, Taiwanese carom. He plays world class. I mean, this guy, anything with a pool ball and a pool cue, he's going to execute better than 99.9% .9 of the rest of the world. Um, I think that's what separates him from everybody else. Um, you know, and he's got, you know, he's been on the road his whole life. I mean, the guys, since he hit puberty, he's been on the road. He lives out of his suitcase. And, and there's value to that, to a guy who's literally dedicated his life to the sport. And here's the sickest part. Alex. I'm going to tell you guys the sickest part. Alex gets bored with pool. So Alex goes and plays poker for six months to a year and just doesn't pick up a pool cue. I know this because I've been in the Philippines with him. And he says, yeah, I haven't played since last derby or whatever. Usually he loses enough in poker to come back into pool <laughs> and get ready for the derby again. But, I mean, Alex, he's an incredibly smart guy. If you ever talk to him, he's incredibly well-educated. Um, I remember one time he gave me probably the best piece of advice I've ever heard. Um, he told me, you tried too hard. And he was very drunk at this time. But he analyzes things and uh, he reads a lot. So his mental game is very strong because he reads a lot of sports psychology books. Um, there's a reason why he's the best player in the world at one pocket, I think, because it incorporates so many strokes and disciplines all into one and he shines because he does everything at the highest level what do you got we'll see you mike uh, i mean i like where he went with the mental game and just like uh the way you know alex is very smart and he's he's just improved his whole approach to life over the years basically like i remember when he was young i mean obviously he likes to gamble he likes to play poker like you're talking about but uh he liked to drink a little too much, maybe. He just, you know, he didn't have his priorities 100%. But then he changed he changed the way he was eating and just changed all sorts of things like that to make himself a better competitor, a healthier person. And it showed, you know, like it really showed just his, his whole approach to life. It's almost like Bruce Lee just trying to constantly be a sponge and learn more and more and, and become, you know, grow and be a better person, a smarter person and it's translated into his game. 
that's part of why he's got the you know like the best mental game maybe ever and uh I'm, his his heart too like i remember when he first got uh playing shane shane beat him the very first three times that they gambled playing 10 ball each time alex was like well where are you going to be next and he was like <laughs> changing his schedule to chase shane around if shane was like well i'm going to the music city open next week alex is like i'll see you there and he wanted to play him again and then he beat him like six times in a row after that that's alex mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like if you beat alex he's gonna chase you around and play and play and play until he becomes the better player until he wins like the guy just too much heart mm -hmm. he's never gonna give up until he's the best so Molina? i think it's no question what he brings yeah i, I don't think there's any question where he's at in the in the grand scheme of things, um, I, if if I had to go and, and nitpick any part of his game, it's just the the pocketing part. I think Dennis is a little bit better in, in that regard, but he's a fan favorite. He's so sick, and he can beat you a number of different ways. Um, you've seen a few. We I've seen a few times whenever him and Dennis are playing, and they're really trying. Um, when those two are going at it, it's something real special to go and watch because I think they both just anticipate what each other are going to go and do. Um, yeah, it, it's it's two masters battling each other, you know. And even if it goes down table and there's a wedge and all that shit, it's just it's still it's still great. Um, yeah, he banks the balls great. I don't got anything negative to go and say, and I guess that's why he's at number one. I hope we do get to go and see that matchup. I think it's going to be tough because they're both Filipinos and we know how that shit goes. Um, but I think it's something that the fans really, really want to go and see. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there'd be action on both sides, though, for sure. Yeah. You know, I was Yeah, in... from what I understand, they're both Filipinos. They're not, uh, they're not super friendly. Like they, they That's are, what I heard, yeah. Yeah, they are because they got, like, sometimes the same backer, mutual friends, whatever. But they're too much of a rivalry where they want to be They're both competitive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They both want to be the best. So they're not too interested in being friends. They want to beat each other. Yeah. Is... Sorry. Oh, boy. No, I was just going to say that uh, I, I had the opportunity to commentate a tournament up at Griff's in Las Vegas. And Alex came in and practiced for about four hours. And he was breaking the balls and then playing, essentially trying to run all 15 balls into one pocket. And he was betting a guy on the side doing it. And I've never seen anything like it because he was successful at it like more times than he wasn't. He was making money doing it. And, you know, he had balls so up against rails that I'm like, how in the world is he going to do this? Or right next to a side pocket, you know, and unbankable, you know, and he'd find a way to make a ball, position himself to make a ball and nudge that ball to where it was bankable you know, or nudge that ball off the rail and then get behind it somehow on another shot. And so it was just so impressive. And, you know, just watching him do that and see him stick at it, that for four hours and just grind it out, you know, one ball after the next was really, really impressive. So a uh, huge Alex fan right here, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, probably, probably my closing thoughts on Alex is one thing that he said that, that, that I never forgot. Um, Alex said, I, I don't think I'm the best player in the world. I really don't. But whoever thinks they're the best player in the world, I want to play them. And, and if if that doesn't tell you who he is, what he's made who of, who he is, and how bad yeah. of a mother he is, <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this this boy's bad. 
Yeah, that's like the most inspirational quote I might have ever heard in my life, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to put that in my pool hall. Honestly, I, I'm going to put some quotes in my but pool it's, hall. But it's even sicker because he's in that, like, top level. So to go and say that and be serious about it is even more exactly. inspiring. Yeah, he's serious about yeah. it. He's not just talking. He is dead serious yeah. about he's it. Dead yeah, serious. for sure. Um, but anyways, that was my I had to I had to share that quote with you guys because it, it meant a lot to me and uh, it's something that I have, I've held on to for a long time. Yeah, yeah. that's why they say the, the heart of a lion, huh? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, hey guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, I think people are really gonna love it. I want to thank you guys for your time. And uh, would you guys be interested interested in coming back in a couple months, updating this? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, I got and, it recorded. And put, put, put Efren and Josh Filler on the list. I know, but I can't believe we dogged <laughs> Efren's retired. And put Efren back, you donkeys. Oh, <laughs> he deserves an honorable mention. All right, we'll get him uh, on. Yeah, I mean, we need to do a, a an all-time list, I think, at some point. Like, there needs to be, like, the greatest of all time where we can rank Efren and Cliff Joyner and see who, you know, where people put Ronnie Allen. Well, we need I mean, older people to do that. Good. We need older people That's, to do that, Mike. Like you know, to get That's back true. to the Strawberry Brooks and you know all the, all the old. I mean, do you, do you see these grays? I'm getting I'm getting pretty old. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I got you by a few years. <laughs> well, guys, thanks a lot, and uh, for you guys out there viewing it, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, don't forget to hit up the comments. I want to hear what your top 15 is so we can kind of look at that and take a look at it and see where, where it flushes out according to our top 15. All right, guys. Thanks for viewing. Don't forget to subscribe. See ya.